0: Well, of all the hires that Dan Lanning has made this offseason for Oregon staff, I think one stands out with the greatest recruiting potential. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Some football chatter, basketball talk coming later as well as we enter March. And again, a reminder for all my regular listeners out there, number one, I appreciate you. Number two, show will not be back in your feeds on YouTube or wherever you listen until next Friday. I will be in Disney World. So question here from Dash zone Love it. Hey, Spencer, I know this is off topic, and this might be a difficult one to answer, but I'm curious to see who you think has the best potential to be an elite recruiter out of the three new hires Dan has added to the staff, Stein, Hampton, and Terry. All three have a ton to prove at Oregon, both off and on the field, but as we saw this last recruiting cycle, Junior Adams is an elite recruiter now. Same goes for Carlos Laughlin and Tony Tuioti. I also think you have to remember that the best two recruiters on Oregon's staff right now are probably Dan Lanning, Tosh Lupoy. I think Junior Adams is probably third. You'd probably look at Lachlan fourth. But of the new hires, I think the clear answer here is Will Stein. And part of that is because of the job that Will Stein has been hired to do at Oregon, that being the new offensive coordinator. But he's also the quarterback's coach. And the way that recruiting plays out, most times, this has not always been true for Oregon. It was not true last cycle, but it has been true before. I think it was kind of true with the Ty Thompson class in 20, was that 2020, 2021 or so. When you're going about recruiting the offensive side of the ball, a lot of times the quarterback can be kind of the, the bell cow recruit, the guy that other recruits look to and say, oh, he's going there. I want to go and follow him. And Will Stein is a young guy who's seen as an up-and-comer in, in, in coaching and coordinator circles. I like what he brings to the table. He's from the state of Texas is the other reason I'm going to go with Stein here. I think when you talk about who's got the biggest ceiling, who could land the, the highest impact recruits on their particular side of the ball or within their position group of the three new hires, I think you're looking pretty clearly at Will Stein the state of texas is clearly somewhere oregon wants to be we saw them get a number of players from the lone star state this recruiting cycle they've got coaches who have got ties there including landing and Lupoy and stein just you know from a recruiting footprint standpoint or whether that's you know part of their past but i think being the offensive coordinator at oregon carries with it a level of weight that you know we've talked about with john garcia here on the show that is just kind of difficult to match compared to the other two hires now i think the most intriguing from a recruiting standpoint to evaluate for all of these coaches is a leak terry because the last two offensive line coaches have surpassed my expectations both times for recruiting offensive linemen it has been a recurring theme but now i think the onus is on a leak terry to build the next great Oregon offensive line from both a coaching and technical standpoint and a recruiting standpoint. Not that I don't think Chris Hampton could you know, go into a particular state or be involved as a primary recruiter, but he's also the co-defensive coordinator. So I think that carries with a little bit less juice than a position coach or being an OC, but I think Stein's got the greatest potential there because he'll probably have access to the greatest number of players. Just from a, a talent standpoint, or he'll be the most involved, I think, with, with high-level recruits. And if he can get quarterbacks, right? And he was very successful developing the quarterback they had at UTSA. Frank Harris, I think, was his name. When you have that sort of success as an OC, that permeates. That 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 gets noticed. And if you can then go out, get a high-level quarterback recruit, like, hey, you never know. Uh, a Dylan Rayola, I think, is his name for the 2024 cycle, somebody of that nature in the Dante Moore category. I know that's a sore name to bring up a little bit for duck fans, but it is what it is. If you go get somebody like that, I think you could then see him. If you bring the offensive on field results and attach to it, Oregon's recruiting power. I think you can see, I think you could see him really, really take off as recruiter, but both he and Terry right now, because they're young, and they're coming from places that are not traditional powers. I mean, Alique Terry was last a position coach in college at Hawaii and Will Stein was at UTSA. That that's that that does leave an element of it's fair to question what they will do. I don't have doubts, but I don't have you, you know 100% confidence. Oh yeah, they're going to be able to recruit at a top 5 level and bring in all this so, like we we don't really know. We, we really don't know. I think being an organ in and of itself is helpful for both of those guys, but I think Stein's got the greatest potential, but Terry I think is the most interesting here. And also by the way, Autzen zone, this is not off topic at all. <laughs> I don't think that now that question may have been submitted during like a realignment episode discussion or, or something of that nature day 78 without a media deal or whatever it is at this point, like, Oh my gosh, can this stuff just wrap it up already? But, um, I think a leak Terry is interesting because schools can get a reputation for being able to recruit a specific position. And I've seen that spread across college football pretty consistently. Alabama has been bringing in a lot of high level quarterbacks. They didn't used to, but now they can because it's Alabama and Lincoln Riley quarterbacks, wide receivers, high level players consistently, Ohio state wide receivers, all the time. Stanford, Iowa, tight ends. Like Oregon has been bringing in a lot of high-level offensive linemen. Has put offensive linemen, most notably Panay Sewell, in the NFL and they'll put a couple more from uh, this year's class as well. Curious to see where where those guys end up. But elite Terry, like if if he if he recruits at a level that we say is it's it's just okay, That'd be on him because we've seen what the potential is. We, we, we've seen the Panay Sewells come through, the Josh Connerlys come through, right? Even going all the way back to Kingsley, Sewell Matia. Like there have been a lot of big names and they've been wildly successful. And that happened with Alex Mirabal and that happened with Adrian Clem. And I just wonder what sort of reputation Oregon has on the offensive line front in the minds of recruits for those sorts of guys all across the country. And, and I think it's just a question to ask. It's not a doubt. It's not, you know, oh, this is a formality to even ask this question at this point. I think it's just, I wonder. I, I wonder what, uh, what that will be like. So, uh, great question, though. That is uh, most definitely not off topic. Uh, th- there's a receiver in the portal that Oregon is reportedly going to have on campus for a visit. I don't know if he's the best fit. But you're the best fit for FanDuel because – We're past the midway point in the NBA season and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book with March Madness right around the corner. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So I saw something the other day that Oregon is sometime... Uh, this month, maybe going to have USC transfer wide receiver, Gary Bryant for a visit. And he's looking at some other places. F- first of all, Gary Bryant's a good player and he's transferring away from USC because they just have, you know, an embarrassment of riches on the wide receiver front. You know, they've got Brendan Rice, they had Jordan Addison this year, Mario Williams. I mean, you just like keep going down the list. They've got a bunch of, of really, really good players. So he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be able to find more playing time. If he came to Oregon, I I just don't know that that's a perfect fit for him. Would would I take him for the Ducks offense as a depth piece? Yes, I, I would. But I do not expect this to come to fruition for the Ducks. It would be a welcome addition, sure. I'm never against adding talented players at any position group at any point in time. I'd rather have more than less. But as you look at Oregon's receiving core right now, Where is he going to fit in? Treshawn Holden's there. That's your starting Z receiver. You know, Franklin's your starting X. You're going to have Chris Chris Hudson and Tez Johnson in the slot. Jerrion Dickey is going to be in there somewhere. I think Kyler Casper, you know, is probably your number two X receiver at the moment. That's maybe where Bryant would fit in, but he is not going to come to Oregon and be a starting receiver right away. He could be a rotational receiver, sure, but... I just feel like it's not a great fit there because of what he's probably looking for, which is a greater role in the offense and increased playing time. Um, you know, and the interesting thing about this too, if, if they do, Adam, I think it would say something about what Will Stein's going to bring to the table offensively. You know, Oregon went five wide a lot in 2022 and I expect them to do that again. It was really successful and they had a lot of great plays and looks and concepts from from that five wide formation. But if you actually watch, There were very rarely, if ever, five or even four wide receivers on the field. They would go empty with Bo Nix, but you'd have a running back, at least one tight end, and oftentimes two. Like Oregon, from a wide receiver standpoint, does have more room to get them involved, even though it was a big step up from 2021. We all saw that. But let me ask you this question, and obviously you're not going to answer right away, but you can think about it in your head. How many wide receivers, not players, how many wide receivers caught 20 or more passes in 2022 for the Ducks? 3. 3 of them did. Troy Franklin was first, Chris Hudson was second, Chase Cota was third. And then as you go down the receiving statistics for Oregon, it's wider or it's it's tight ends and running backs. And then Dante Thornton is kind of tossed in there. I think he had like 16 catches or so. And so, so when you consider that two Oregon's top two leading receivers are returning this year and they've already added two wide receivers in the portal. The only way I could see Gary Bryant really fitting at Oregon and in terms of seeing an increased role compared to what he had at USC, maybe he's not looking for that. I don't know. I haven't spoken to the guy, but if we assume that that is correct, which is usually why players are transferring away from a program that can contend for a conference championship a la USC, unless Oregon is going to put more formations on the field that include three or four wide receivers, because last year it was a lot of two receiver sets and two tight end sets. But given what's happening to the tight end room, losing Monteval and McCormick and You've got you've got two you got two returning tight ends who played last year and Kenyon Sadiq coming in. Maybe they have to because of personnel. Go with a more wide receiver heavy look. Maybe, but unless the the personnel mindset is going to shift, which it could, new offensive coordinator, maybe it does. But that's a conversation for, for Stein and Landing to have. I just don't know if if Gary Bryant would be a fit. I, I again, I I totally would be game to Adam because he's a good player and he's a proven player. But if you, you know, see this sort of stuff, Oregon gets him for a visit. I I don't expect Oregon to be his, uh, his number one option there. So uh, another, uh, another fun football question here. And this one is kind of an all time look as you will uh, hear in just a moment. This is from Dr. Thick Richard, T-H-I-K. I continue to be amazed at the names you guys will come up with. Uh, and if you ever want a question in the mailbag, YouTube comments, Twitter DMs, by all means, stack them up. And I'll always get to them here on the show. There has never been a time in my history hosting the show where someone's asked a question and it hasn't been answered or addressed here on the show. Uh, this is a fun one. And I might not have the answer that you think. Spencer, great show. And thank you for always creating excellent content. You're so welcome. Thank you for supporting you always bring great insight on X's and O's. However, let's take a different path. Like Frodo um, or Bilbo? Frodo? I don't remember which one. has the, uh, He's holding the paper and he says, we're going on an adventure. Um, anyway, one of those two, one of those hobbits. Since you've been a Duck fan, who is your favorite player all time? And what is your favorite uniform combo? My favorite player is Jeff Mail. It's a great pick. Love Jeff Mail. Favorite wide receiver of all time at Oregon for sure. Not my favorite player, but favorite wide receiver. And uniform combo is 09 against Cal at Austin Stadium, the retro jerseys. Those were great. Uh, Picture is attached and he sent it to me via the uh, Twitter direct messages. Again, that's at smalls underscore 55 or at locked on ducks. So the uniform combo is tricky. The favorite player, though, is probably not the answer you think. My favorite Oregon football player of all time, Michael James. Marcus is number 2. Marcus is the greatest, but my favorite is LeMichael, and here's why. When I was young and rooting for the Ducks, they were good. Like I'm 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 talking really young, or, you know, so I'm 25. I probably started following the Ducks since I was like 6, 7 years old. They were good. But then when they became great and they rose to national prominence the way they never had before consistently with Chip Kelly. Who was at the heart of what they were doing every single year, those first three with Chip. It was LaMichael. And that era of Oregon football is so special to me and to all of you, I'm sure, as well. And LaMichael was at the center of it. And then Marcus came after, and Marcus is the GOAT. But my favorite, the one I feel the most, and again, I have a great affinity for Marcus, of course, for everything that he did for, for the program back in the day and being our first Heisman winner, like, unbelievable player. But that era, you can only have that once, you know? The the rise to being in the national conversation year in and year out, having those sorts of expectations, that only happens once. And that was when it happened for Oregon, and it was LaMichael. And, man, he was fun to watch. I mean, just – oh, man. Bucky Irving kind of reminds me of LaMichael James. Um, LaMichael's obviously – best running back in Oregon history for my money. He's not the leading rusher, but come on, that guy was ridiculous. But the the shiftiness and the lateral movement. I, I think you, you see some you see some traits there and that's why Bucky Irving was uh w- was so great this year for the Ducks and I look forward to having him back this year for Oregon as well. But yeah, I think a lot of you might go Marcus but I I would go with Lamichael because that was just such a unique special time. And Lamichael was right at the center of all of it. You know, there were two different quarterbacks. There was Masoli and then Darren Thomas for uh for a couple of years, but Lemichael was always there. And he and and he was the guy who got the most attention, right? Like people knew Lemichael James. He was a Heisman contender, he's a big-time player, he's exciting to watch. I'd go with Lemichael there. Uh favorite uniform combo of all time. It's one of two. One came Uh, both in 2010 and 2012. One came in 2015. The first two were part of a win. The second one was part of a loss. I am a huge... I I couldn't decide between these two. The Stormtrooper outfits, all white, Storm LA, love them. And there are a lot of great answers to this. I I am looking forward very much to seeing your guys' comments about your favorite uniform combos of all time. I'm 100%... On either the Stormtrooper look or this is an underrated one, probably because we ended up losing the game only because Vernon Adams had a broken finger. But at Michigan State 2015, it was gray pants, white jerseys, white helmets. They had kind of this shiny chrome uh, or shiny, like kind of glittery element to them that looked awesome on TV. And then they had that Fighting Ducks logo on the side of the helmets that were really clear and easy to see and they looked awesome there were a lot of great choices i, I went through and by the way how the games played out 100 played a factor because i loved the once a duck uniforms but at the same time that was not the most memorable time for Oregon football so it's hard to have that personal attachment to the fit but 2010 Darren Thomas going down, Storm LA, 2012, same thing at USC, all white, Kenyon running wild. Um, Michael ran wild in 2010, too. Like that, I I love the way those look on TV. I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Fa- favorite uniform of all time. There are a lot of great ones. That's uh, that's that's my number one. So, But drop in the comments or hit me up in the DMs. I'm curious what you guys think. I love the Cal pick, by the way. And, and right under, right under those combos for me, by the way, was, was it 2014 against Washington throwback uniforms with Marcus? Those were slick. I don't know why we don't do throwbacks anymore. I I, I really don't. Like it, it's just kind of stopped being a thing that should be once a year, Oregon football should for a home game, be doing a throwback Jersey of some kind. Cause we've got some excellent ones from, from years past, but. I like a lot of the new ones too. Some of them look pretty, uh, pretty darn slick. Love that question. Love, for, love fun questions like that. You know, it's easy to get in the weeds and get you know serious and focus on all this sort of stuff. I appreciate a good fullback question like that. So thank you, uh, Doctor Thick Richard. Also, before we get to basketball talk, I want to thank Bill Barts for bringing this episode to you because if you're looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Bill Bart. They're just fantastic, covering 100 real chocolate and they've got a bunch of great flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, my personal favorite, coconut almond. I I don't know how Bilt does it, but they do. 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, even though they're sweet, delicious, and tasty, and filling, because they've got 17 grams of protein. You can get yours at Bilt.com, or go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get your next order of Bilt Bars today. All righty. Wrapping up with some basketball talk. Uh, Unfortunately... The women now await their fate to get into the NCAA tournament. Kind of feels to me 60-40. They don't get it. They had a great win in a hard-fought game against Washington on Wednesday. They lost to Stanford, one of the best teams in the country on uh, what was it, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday? I think so. I don't know. All the days blend together. But so they don't get an automatic bid by running the table in the tournament. I wasn't expecting that. That win against Washington, I don't, I don't know how valuable that's going to be. I don't think it's impossible that 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 they could that they could get an at large. They were first they were the first team out going into this week does a win and then a competitive loss to Stanford do a lot for you. I don't know, they might need some help. Again, to me it feels 60/40 they don't get in, but they could still reach the big dance. Uh the men have a lower percentage uh possibility of of getting in there. Um they thumped Cal by over 30 points. Which is good because they were 20-point favorites. So good teams win. Great teams cover. You know. Um, I don't I, I can't take anything away from a win against Cal. Even even though it looks the way it was supposed to, Stanford's a better team. Not great, but better. You know, it, it'd be nice for them to win on Saturday and carry momentum into the conference tournament. If they beat Stanford, I believe they will be one of the top four teams in the league, which is wild with how the year has gone, but that's just where Pac-12 basketball is at. And also a testament to the potential that this season has had, but why it just hasn't been there and why it's been so frustrating on that front. But anyway, um, it, the, getting, getting a bye would be helpful. So you'd like to really beat Stanford and lock that up, but I don't know. If they if they make a run could they get an at large? I feel like 80% no. However, just win the conference tournament and then you're in. It's 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 that easy. It's that simple. Sounds so simple, easier uh, easier said than done as they say. I will never give up hope. I love college basketball too much. So, I will be back next Friday. See you then. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.